The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so glad, Dr. Fleck, to be back from Las Vegas. (laughs) I can honestly say that I used to be. I used to be a power traveler, traveling to many cities in one week for TV appearances. But now, forget about it. You like like virtual now, don't you? I love virtual. Virtual. I love virtual Mm -hmm. Zoom, Skype, combination of Zoom and Skype with Mm -hmm. a phone and advanced vMix. Those are all programs that I use to do my TV shows from the virtual studio here. So Vegas just it really just wore me out. And I wasn't even if I was partying, I'd be like, okay, I was partying down in Vegas, you know, but I wasn't doing any of that. So I went to to Vegas for Super Zoo, the pet industry trade show to see all the great new products. And But once I got there, right, I mean, my first few days, my occupation was Wally going to the bathroom because you know, I would take him outside after a day and a half. He finally peed outside. But the pooping and Wally is who again? Wally is our English toy spaniel. Sure. He's like nine and a half pounds and he's three years tiny. old. He's tiny. Right. So that was that was the other nice thing about taking him. It wasn't like a real like, you know, Ty or one of the other dogs or even Hammy, who's great. They're both great right. on TV, but they're big. They're bigger anyway. So it drove me literally crazy. So I put pee paper down a full well knowing my dogs don't go on pee paper. They always right. go outside. So finally, after two days of the pee paper, I just picked it up because nope, he didn't go on it. Then one night he actually just jumped off the bed and pooped on the floor, mm-hmm. like in the bathroom. And I, you know what? I was fine with it because I really wanted him to go to the bathroom, but I was so worried. And the other thing is we stayed on an East Coast time schedule. So I was up every day at like one thirty, which is like four thirty here. I got up. I took Wally out and I kind of. But it was definitely difficult. See, pet expert who's really just a pet parent. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly, just like everybody else. I, I am just like everybody else. I'm just like everybody else. Well, you're just I a walk, little different. I walk my dogs like everybody else. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I mean, that was my that was my angst. But you're right. I'm I'm literally I'm a pet parent like everybody else. So, Doc, let's talk about the show. Right. Well, later in the show, we're going to be talking about two unlikely BFFs. Yeah, best friends forever. They were lost and found together. What will their future hold? I'll bet you something great. And Jill Gonzalez is here from WalletHub.com discussing their 2021 pet-friendly cities analysis and pet finances and more. That'll be interesting. And don't forget... We love giving you the celebrity buzz this week. We're going to talk about Britney Spears, who has been making headlines, not only for her conservatorship, but about her dogs. And then, of course, Doc Fleck is going to talk about noticeable trends in his What's Up Doc feature. What's up, Doc? 
brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. It's time for Celebrity Pet News. We love it. And this week we're talking about Britney Spears and really not for the good. So it's been quite a week for Britney Spears and for once in ways not directly to her ongoing conservatorship battle. If you've been seeing a lot of headlines recently about a combination of Britney and her stolen dogs and battery charges this past weekend, well, you know she's in some deep ditch. It seems that Britney's dog sitter and one of her longtime housekeepers took the dogs to a vet visit and then never brought them back. Well, I shouldn't say never. So the long version of the story is basically... The dog sitter and the housekeeper, they weren't being villainous. They were just concerned about the pups. Sources recant that one of Brittany's dogs had become sick about two weeks ago and that the housekeeper, like I said, took the sick pup and the sailor's other dog to the vet. Well, initially, the vet visit seemed to have been scheduled with Brittany's consent, but things took a turn for the worst when the dogs never came home. Apparently, the toxic singer's dog sitter, who was reportedly to be a nurse, believed the dogs were not safe at Britney's home and decided to keep the pups and care for them herself. And at least until they could determine if Britney really was properly caring for the dogs. So once the housekeeper returned to you know Britney's house, she said that Britney confronted her. She wanted to know where her dogs are. They had a huge argument and Britney reported demanding details about her dogs, namely where they were, when they were coming back, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, Brittany thought that her father had something to do with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, Brittany slapped the phone out of the <laughs> pet sitter's hand. That sounds like <laughs> Naomi Campbell years ago with her house, her housekeeper. And then, of course, now there's a allegedly uh, charges of battery against Brittany by the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. So the housekeeper filed a battery report with the sheriff's department uh, alleging that Brittany struck them, the housekeepers. It's Hollywood. Anyway, ultimately, the DA will decide whether or not to file charges after the investigation is complete. Poor Brittany. We were rooting for her. And now it seems like she could be falling apart. I tell you what, don't you take my dogs away from me either. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I'm not worried about that. No, no. I'm just saying that in general. That's the way people feel. Well, I think when you have staff, it's a whole big issue. And then what? who are they to determine what's Absolutely. going on? Absolutely bizarre. I mean, if they were really if they were really worried, they could have called animals services to make anonymously to make a visit. Or they could have kind of said something to Brittany. Supposedly her dogs are sick something anyway. different than what they did. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm not I'm not down with that. I don't think it's kosher that they just took the dogs away and they probably were spies for her father, but we'll never find out. Okay. need more buzz. We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus 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 Plus. Well, most cats are not like dogs. They're not hitting the big streets, walking their hoods. So I thought, let's book another lawn starter interview. 
and see what the company has to say about the best and worst cities for cats and their owners. So joining us today is Jeff Herman, the editor-in-chief at Lawn Star. Jeff, it's always great to have you back on the Pet Buzz. So soon, of course, but I gotta know. <laughs> Before we get started, are you a cat lover? I had a cat years ago called Super Cat, and you know, he got his name. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Super Cat because he jumped all over the place at night. <laughs> active cat very typical of cats jumping around at night so i can envision if you were to make a cartoon character of super cat he'd have a little cape right absolutely with a big s on it like superman only super yeah. cat cool okay so let's uh meow on this topic a little bit so how can you determine what are the best and worst cities for cats and cat lovers what type of protocols or demographics did you use to determine these findings we looked at the number of vets per 100,000 residents. We also looked at cat cafes and the number of cat sitting options and those places that are cat friendly so that if you're staying someplace to make sure that you could have a cat stay with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you are moving to a apartment complex to make sure that your cats are gonna be welcome there too. So, you know, you wanna be someplace where you and your cat are going to be welcome, not someplace where only you're gonna be welcome and you have to figure out what are you gonna do with your cat. Okay, so I'm sure some of our listening audience, now I'm from New York, so I've seen or heard just about anything. A lot of people are going to want to know what is a cat cafe. So can just just give us a little fill in about that. You can go and have your sandwich or, you know, a pastry and coffee. And at the same time, it's surrounded by cats. You can watch them play. You can watch them climb these, you know, big cat toys, you know, big cat tree houses and everything within the building. So it's entertaining as well as eating your food or drinking your coffee. It's a great way to be able to engage with cats. And heck, if you want to take one home, you might be able to adopt one while you're there, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what's great about a cat cafe. There's one in New York and they sell um, macarons. So I love them. So they're great. And uh, the owner of the cat cafe, she makes them in the back and they have little cat faces on them. So next time I'm there, I might have to get some super cat ones. Okay. <laughs> so talk to me about the five best and the five worst cities for cats and their people. Well, number one was Orlando, Florida. Number two was Lakewood, Colorado. Cary, North Carolina was number three. Tempe, Arizona, number four. And Fort Collins, Colorado came in at number five. That's Go an ahead. interesting demographic, right? I mean, just I mean, just when you think about it. Absolutely a big mix, but I was surprised by Florida, except when you look at Orlando, it has more cat sitters than any place else. It also has the most cat-friendly places too. So if you're staying in that sort of thing, you have plenty of places to stay with your cat while you're visiting the big mouse, I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. The big mouse, this Mickey Mouse. Okay. Wow. I never would think that Orlando. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so funny because a lot of hotels, they'll take dogs, but they're so worried about cats scratching up the furniture. So a lot of places are kind of reluctant about taking cats. But, you know, I always say this to people, you know, pet travel is not a recent phenomena. People have been doing it for years, except it was the super, super wealthy. If you think about Mur the original version of Murder on the Orient Express, remember the princess Dragomirov with her two Pekingese. So, I mean, people have always traveled. I mean, the classic bag that made a comeback probably about 10 years ago was the Louis Vuitton dog tote bag and it was such a hot item they couldn't get it it was so expensive but it was made for ship travel and you could put a cat in it too it was so heavy so it's not like you could lug it around with you wherever you went there were cats and dogs on the titanic 
So anyway, let's get into don't worry, people. I'm not, you know, you know, making a portent or forewarning of anything. I'm just thinking about, you know, cats. I mean, we don't usually think of cats going out or people traveling with cats. Although I did have a boyfriend once and his mom traveled with her cat for business, but there are cats and dog shows every weekend in this country. So those people have to stay somewhere, right? Absolutely. And then there's also the strange story of my coworker, Brenda, who was visiting me in Dallas, Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. She was traveling with a cat. It was too hot. So they didn't want to leave the cat in the vehicle and they wanted to eat at Olive Garden. So they had a drapery over the cat crate as if it was a present they were bringing to me. And they put the cat underneath the table. I was so afraid we were getting arrested in you know, <laughs> Olive Garden because we had a cat underneath the table. So it makes for one of those incredibly memorable stories. But it just highlights also traveling with cats can be a bit of a challenge. Absolutely. And thank goodness the cat didn't start crying and meowing or actually urinating in the little cat carrier or cage. I mean, what? Now, I'm just going to say, I don't advise you people to do this in your own like little locale. I mean, like, you know, these are stories from the past. I mean, wow, you're lucky. I can see it now. Jeff Herman, lawn starter, getting carried away from Sneaking a cat into a restaurant. Okay. Sh right. Olive Garden's not a cat cafe. Olive Garden's just not a cat cafe. Right. So, you know, it really wasn't the right place for that. No. And, you know, just to remind everybody, really, at these restaurants, you've got to bring in qualified service dogs. That's all I'll say on the topic because I can't say I haven't snuck my cat or my dog in a lot of places, including hospitals. Okay. That's a whole other story. Jeff, you know what? Time's almost up for this segment. Can you stick around for another segment? Absolutely. Great. We love having you here. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, it's Dr. Mike Fleck back with you on Pet Buzz Plus. You know, summer is the peak time for transmitting heartworm disease in both dogs and cats, and your infected pets may die from the disease or develop debilitating health conditions. The deadly heartworms are transmitted from pet to pet through mosquitoes, so preventing transmission is really the best way to avoid contacting heartworm. So what do you do? I say it's important to use both insect repellents made for pets and prescription medication from your veterinarian. Please don't delay. Keep your loving four-legged family member healthy and free from heartworm by contacting your veterinarian today. For Pet Buzz Plus, I'm Dr. Michael Fleck. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do, do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. 
Let's make some homes. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. We know people love their dogs, and many like to take them everywhere. To lunch, to work, shopping. But dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist Charlotte Reed discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners, complete book of dog etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of others while traveling, and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss Fido Manners from pet trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon. So welcome back. We're here on the Pet Buzz. We're talking with Jeff Herman, editor-in-chief of the blog at Lawn Starter. Jeff is talking about the best cities for cats and cat lovers. Okay, worst cities. What are the worst cities? Worst cities, uh, San Francisco at number five, Detroit at number four, Brownsville, Texas at number three, Honolulu at number two, and New York City at number one. Wow. I mean, New York has so many cats. But I guess not enough cat veterinarians, not enough places you could take them. There's like a few cat bays, maybe two, right? Absolutely. And that is, in fact, why New York finished at the bottom. It is so big and there's just not enough. That's not enough you know, services for those cat owners per 100,000 residents when you consider, and consider that compared to a smaller type city that has more amenities per 100,000 residents sure. for cat lovers. So were you surprised that New York City was like, I don't know, in the I, you guys said it, the litter box? Were you right. surprised? I like that. It was funny. Yeah, I was surprised that New York City wasn't higher in the list because you think that there are so many people living in apartments that cats are very friendly for apartments. Mm-hmm. So you would think that there would be more there in Orlando just because it's you know, a place where people are visiting all the time. I would have thought that maybe cats wouldn't have been so popular as a pet as uh, a pet choice down there. But at the same time, Jordan, who wrote this piece, she's from Pensacola and you can see it. She just loves her cats and it comes through. So Florida may be a great place to have cats. I know that Pensacola and Jordan, they go great together with their cats. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're, I'm so happy living in Florida now that we ranked in the dog park cities and now we're ranking in the cat cities. You know, the other thing I thought was really interesting, there are a lot of pet friendly or cat friendly California cities. What's up with that? With the California cities, they seem to have a little bit more amenities all the way around for their cats. They have more percentage of veterinarians per 100,000 residents. They also have more cat cafes and they have some of those like more cat friendly places to live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess it's maybe on the West Coast thing. We were looking at possibly moving to Las Vegas next year and an apartment complex we really liked until we realized we couldn't take a with us. They accept cats only. They don't accept dogs. So, you know, maybe it's a West Coast thing where you know cats are fine but maybe dogs are less welcome at apartments but um you know that seemed to be maybe what separated the california cities is they were just a little bit more cat friendly to uh families and singles 
You know, that's interesting because I've I've actually it's it's funny. A lot of apartment buildings in New York really they've had dogs, but have poo pooed cats. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that six times as many people are allergic to cats than dogs. So I think they're worried about hair and allergies in the building and on your clothes and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I I think these surveys are really interesting because it just gives you an idea of some of the things you need to think of when you are moving across the country, uh, especially if you are a pet owner. Right. Absolutely. You want to make sure that you have a place that is friendly for not only you, but for the pet that you love. And then, you know, let me let me end with a crazy story that you have to think about what to do with your cat. So super cats ashes are with my mom's ashes because that's what mom wanted to do what mom wants for wishes but you know a cat's ashes and human ashes seems pretty strange but you do what mama wants hey you know what i mean if you remember leona helmsley wanted her dog to be buried in her crypt down uh in new york so i mean you know we have one of the oldest pet cemeteries in new york um Hartstill cemetery didn't live that far from it and it's great i mean there's so many historical figures um and i think I believe it was the first cemetery to actually have humans buried there because you can't bury pets and humans together. So wow. uh, there are some people who wanted to be buried in that cemetery with their with their pets. Yeah, that's just that's just amazing. But you know, isn't it great how we feel about our pets that so much? We love them so much. We want them to be with us now and also in the afterlife. Correct. Absolutely. They're a part of our life and you don't want to leave them you know, behind. If you're going someplace, you kind of want to believe that they're going with you too. So, you know, all dogs go to heaven, all cats go to heaven, same sort of thing. You want to make sure that they're with you. And if that means taking them along with you with your ashes, I guess that makes sense too. You know, it's interesting. We had a guy on our show, a professor, and I want to say, I, want, I don't remember if it was Oxford. Or I, I think it was Oxford. I don't know. He had done a historical perspective of how we how we have felt about our dogs. And he actually uh, and it was done in England and he actually started looking about how pets were uh, the role of pets had changed in our lives based upon the writings on tombstones. And he said, you know, mm. it wasn't it, at first it was, you know, oh, our beloved dog. And, you know, then as you got progressed, it was when we meet again. And it's now like, you know, mommy and daddy love you. So it became a part of how the pets were integrated in the family. But it was also in the religious context um, where people believe they would see their pets in heaven again, where there was kind of the taboo from the church originally. Um, and then kind of one of the first cats. I mean, you know, you see it here. I mean, even if you go down to Hemingway's house and Key West, he has stones in his yard for all of the cats that have uh, that he had that had died that were his pets. So I think it's I think this is great. We love having you on. We love these surveys. Keep doing them. Keep sending us the pet stuff. Oh, one final crazy thing. Yeah. When you look at dog lovers versus cat lovers and some of the things that are involved. I think dog lovers maybe are just a little bit more fit because they have to walk the dog several times during the course of the day. The cat, well, the cat stays in the house, doesn't really do very much. So there's not a whole lot of exercise with your cat. So, you know, you tend to maybe be just a little bit more fit if you're a dog lover, because you kind of have to go out and walk the dog at least a couple times or more a day. 
So hearing the information that you guys present is always, you know, it's a good reason for someone to move to Orlando. It's a growing population. It's an international population. And plus, like you said, Mickey's there and Disney. So a lot of people come and visit. Absolutely. So thanks, Jeff, for another great interview. The Lawn Starter website is lawnstarter.com. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So did you know that arthritis is one of the most common mobility issues faced by dogs across all breeds? Yes. Right. It's a degenerative joint disease that causes inflammation and discomfort. It can also affect your dog's mood and grooming habits. Additionally, working dogs, sporting dogs, and those dogs that compete in obedience and agility can also suffer from occasional pain and discomfort from their jobs, their workouts, or the competitions that they're involved in. Well, a good solution other than seeing your vet is Tevra Pet Muscle Relief Gel, originally developed for racehorses at Churchill Downs. It's a fast acting pain relief gel. The product container has a brush. You can brush it on literally and which helps get the gel into that joint. I love it because it's powered by real New Zealand green lip muscles. Due to their anti-inflammatory properties, green lip muscles, their extract has been claimed to reduce joint inflammation and helps relieve arthritis symptoms. Green lip muscles are rich sources of glucosamine and chondroitin, vitamin C and vitamin E, antioxidants and minerals such as copper, zinc and selenium, all of which are vital to your pet's joint health. The website is teverpet.com. Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at thepetbuzz.com with daily features including helpful tips from Charlotte, more flex facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I used to move a lot, but then one day the human said I could stay. They say a lot of words like no and don't chew on that. And sometimes brother and sister get mad at me for pulling their tail or biting their ears. But at the end of the day, when I snuggle up with Mr. Piggy, it's good to know I have a home. Make a dog's day. Adopt. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet health you. Now 
Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz. Enhancing the bond between pets and their people. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. So, you know what? I got a great story for Global Pet News. I don't know if you heard this one. Did you hear this one? It turns out that a 30-minute run of a two-year-old filly named Bold and Bossy on Saturday ended up going for a run on a Kentucky highway after bucking her. I've watched the video twice. Did you watch the video? Yes. Amazing. Okay. But so let me there's more to this story. Okay. Okay. So you watch the video. So video was posted on Twitter, showed the horse racing alongside traffic on the shoulder of a road. Another video shared on Facebook showed the horse running toward vehicles that appeared to be stopped on a four lane highway. So here was the deal. Wearing blinkers, the horse could only see straight ahead. And that's why she kept going. And you and I've seen that before, even at Churchill Downs on the racetrack. So finally, after 30 minutes of her little run with all her muscles in the body just kind of tucked up and she was cramping and she suffered from dehydration, she stopped. And luckily, a veterinarian was in pursuit along with the equine ambulance. She was immediately sedated and given 30 liters of fluid before taking her back. So but here's the thing. The receiving barn that night caught fire. Oh, my gosh. Right. I know. Early on Sunday morning, an unknown hero, one of the staff there, saved her and six other horses. Can you believe that? So she takes the run. She runs down the high, escapes from the racetrack, runs on the highway, gets sedated, thrown in an ambulance, gets brought back to the track. They stick her in a receiving barn to calm her down. They give her the fluid. And then hours later, the barn catches on fire. And me personally, that's the kind of trauma that I think would make that would ruin a horse that could would like never want her to never want her to kind of get in a trailer, never want her to run in a race. I mean, that's like that's like, you know, 10 hours of trauma. Yeah, I mean, bold and bossy. That's like. It's like neurotic and neurotic and crazy now. Maybe it has a short memory. Maybe it has a short memory. (laughs) Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. We're going to introduce a new feature today. It's called What's Up, Doc? What's up, Doc? And so what you're going to do, Doc, is you're going to answer questions from listeners. And you're also going to talk to us about some of the things that you're seeing. So last night, you and I were going out to dinner at an Outback. We like the Outback, don't we? Yes. And we like it because after we don't eat all the food, we could cut it up and give the steak to the dog. Yes. So we were talking about. Which I um, did. Right. We're talking about aging pets. And you were telling me about a trend that you've been seeing. What's that about? What's up, Doc? It's a trend. It hasn't got scientific input yet, but it's something that I've seen that was really heightened during the COVID time. Sure. During the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, supposedly. So I think what, what one has to recognize is that Dr. Fleck and other veterinarians have been seeing pets that have been coming in at the ages, let's say, of eight, nine, 10 years of age. Uh huh. And, and people are coming in with, with not necessarily bizarre symptoms, but 
something where, gee, your pet just isn't right. Didn't eat. It's not eating right. Or sure. It had it passed a couple of loose stools over the last week or it just yeah, we get the picture. The, yeah. Yes. Things just aren't, <laughs> aren't, aren't the way that it normally is. And, and people are questioning, well, what's wrong with my pet? And to their credit, most people are taking their pet to the veterinarian to have it analyzed. Now, in many instances, what we have to understand is that, and we forget about this, is that an eight, nine, 10 year old pet is not an eight, nine, 10 year old child. It becomes a middle age to a later age pet. And if we think about middle or later age people, that's when they really start having changes in their, their body, their physiology, and have medical issues. Sure. I mean, I, I guess you can equate this to two things. I mean, people are saying that they're spending more time at home since the pandemic. Yes. So they notice changes in their pets. But it's beyond that. And I've always said, like, the downslope happens at four zero at 40. All of a sudden, you know, you have problems sleeping all of a sudden. Except for Tom Brady. Well, yeah, but, you know, maybe he spends his days in isolation in one of those like, you know, machines where they give him blood transfusions or whatever. But I mean, you know, I think you just realize that a certain part of you, you just realize you're like getting older and you feel your body. You don't sleep as much. You know, you're you're you can't lose weight like you used to. You can't work out. Maybe you get in and out of the car. And you like creak, you know, or your your hip pops out. You know what I mean? So I think that you could become deaf or you start to listen to your body and being able to spend more time at home. You see those changes. Right. But I guess for my question to you is. You got to act on them, right? If you see your pet changing. And, and when you when the pet goes to the veterinarian and the and the veterinarian makes an evaluation and everything seems to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and you mean like, like the, the toolbox, like the things you, what kind of things, you know, the blood tests and stuff. It, like that. it is. But at the same time, veterinarians have to become more aware and they are becoming more aware uh-huh. that people are monitoring their pet because that pet is part of the family. Sure. More than what it has. Been. Okay. And that there are changes that we now have to start making recommendations and we have to look at the pocketbook at the same time. We have to start making recommendations that are going to help promote the health because real honestly, we live 80, 90 years. Sure. But our pets, if they live 20 years is a long that's time. So, and that's very few but and what far we want to do and what people are recognizing and becoming fearful of is that is the end drawing near at 10, 11 years of age. It doesn't have to be or it, it could even be depending on the breed, eight years of age or four, six years of have age. a great Dane, for example. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. about. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's a combination of recognizing and that's where we get to the crux of this. Your pet is not a mini me. I mean, you love it. You share your lifestyle with it. But I mean, like Ty, our dog is a perfect example. Yes. You know, Ty traveled all over the United States and people now are now are finding out from booking TV segments that he's passed on. But I remember like that first time that you and I noticed yes. he's not the same. And then we went through another 
segment where he wasn't moving. The mobility was affected. And then we went through a third stage where we recognized that he had CCD, canine cognitive dysfunction. Right. Absolutely. And then we realized. A few weeks before he passed on. That we it was like another downhill type of situation. And and what I'm trying to promote here is that people, you know, we've heard veterinarians say in the past in some of their education will come as your dog or your, your pet dogs and cats as they as they mature. Uh, we do a wellness exam every year and maybe you should do blood work and maybe you should do dental care. Uh, and lots of times I think that the pet owner thought that it was just a financial thing. And there's certainly a financial approach that goes along with that. And it may not need all of that, but it does definitely need to have a wellness exam and that conversation so that we can find the best way, the best way as, as a veterinarian, as the keeper of the health for your pet, to, to make sure that there's, there's things that you can do within your financial makeup that promotes that pet to live a quality of life All right. two, three years longer than maybe what it would do if you didn't. Have well, I want that. to comment on a few things that you said. So the first thing I want to comment on is the money factor. So here's the reality. And people need to wake up. Businesses are in business to make money. OK, That's, absolutely. Right. OK. So just like a lawyer, just like a dog groomer or your stockbroker, veterinarians have a business and they have to make money. They have to cover their expenses. And the point of owning a business is to make money. So I get sick and tired of people discussing, well, everything costs too much money. Now, some vets, like some other, they're bad apples in every profession. Some people charge a lot more, but that's not for me to question because I don't know where they live and what they do. Okay. But at the same point, this discussion makes you realize because you have that change, that immediate change, like with a younger person, it's not an immediate change. With an older dog, Right. Or an older person, it's an immediate change. And that's why it's really important to hit the veterinarian more than once a year when you do have an aging dog. And they're all you know, you can go on Google. You can listen to the show. There's so many things you can do to save money. Okay, for example, you could brush your pet's own teeth and then not have to spend six hundred dollars or more to get a dental cleaning, right? And and have the risk of putting them under general and, anesthetic. Right. Okay, another great point, which on top, you know, which is part of that average, you know, dental cleaning. Right. I mean, 600 these days is kind of low where dental cleanings are costing up to $1,000. I mean, you can groom your own pet and learn how to clip it or bathe it so you can save money on it. So there are ways to save money. But I guess the point that we're making is that you have to recognize that if you have a pet that is seven or eight years old, things are going to change and they're going to change drastically and that you need to be aware, right? And you need to be able to check in with that pet and notice the changes. That's why we're having this discussion together because we're both pet owners, but I'm the veterinarian. Yes. I'm I'm the health provider. What you're suggesting is people have to start becoming aware Uh as their pets are maturing. Like, and I I make that comparison with the kids. If the kids are eight or nine or 10 years old, you still don't think about them having any issues, but an eight or nine or 10 year old pet is like your parents as they're maturing. So we do start thinking more 
of their health care and how they want to, how we want them to have a quality right. of life. And I, I think that's why you need to check in. You need to like check say, in. I got to take the time now. You know, so I noticed something is not right. Take the time now, spend a day or two and notice what that pet's doing. Is he looking off in space? Is he not getting up? Is your cat not grooming himself as much? And, and you know, when we talk about the financial part of it and there's changes financially, it progresses and everything. Yeah, sure. Just go to the grocery store. But <laughs> I'm buying but, a chicken. But, good point. But the point is, is that I think when you start thinking of your parents and their needs, you put a little financial pocketbook for that. You really do have to put a little financial pocketbook for that member of the family. Now, that sure. four legged member of the family. And it doesn't have to be extraordinary. I mean, most people with average income, if you can if you can have another five hundred to a thousand dollars a year that you can uh -huh. put in the pot, I think you could really care for your pet and make sure that they're going to have a quality of life for an extended period of time. Right. And you know what I always say? If you think about how much money you piss away. Yeah. Every day. We piss away. We say that on special coffee, buying candy at the movie theater when you know you could stop at a right. drugstore and buy before. Sneak in your candy. No, you just you got to buy it when it's on sale. Yeah. So you sneak in the buy on sale. Candy right. Right. Like we difference. used to do. We used to pop yeah. the popcorn at home yeah, yeah, yeah. and then buy the I would go you to carry the soda in your pockets. Right. I bring a yacht back. I bring a yacht back. And you used to get mad because I would do. I use microwave popcorn and you always I just like wouldn't walk popcorn. in with you because I didn't want to be embarrassed. That's OK. Yeah, but yeah. but that didn't mean you didn't have the so, you so, didn't eat the candy. So the so the, the crux of what we're trying to say is that they're so important for us. Our pets are so important. We need to start acting and becoming aware of their needs when they're beginning to go through those changes. changes. And you'll recognize right. it. Great discussion, Dr. Fleck. Absolutely great discussion. What's up, Doc? Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at thepetbuzz.com with daily features including helpful tips from Charlotte, more Flex Facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, this is Barbara from Clear Lake, Iowa, here to tell you about my great little Portuguese podango named Gobi. He's my bodyguard, internal compass when I work too long, and he's a great little traveler. He's also a great cuddler. We love listening to the Pet Buzz. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors. Camping, boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. We 
you know, pet ownership can be very fulfilling, but so many folks adopt pets during the pandemic for comfort and companionship. But it also can be challenging, especially when it boils down to finances. Jill Gonzalez is here from WalletHub.com discussing their 2021 pet-friendly cities analysis and pet finances and more. Hey, Jill, thank you and welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thanks for having me back. What money pet tips do you have for individuals and families who own a pet or who want a pet, but are really wary about the, the cost of having one? Well, I mean, now more than ever, we've seen so many people give their pets back, as horrible as that sounds, after rescuing or after adopting during the pandemic. And that's absolutely what you don't want. You can always care for an animal on a budget. And whatever you do spend, you know, think of it as an investment. Uh, but everything from you know, vet care on a budget, there's uh, websites and apps that can help you with costs. Uh, trainer. There's a lot of training that you can do in group settings instead of private settings that can really cut down on costs there. Uh, supply donations and donation hubs that you can go to. Now there's so much at our fingertips. You can easily take care of a pet on a budget. Sure. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, you know, three or four people can get together and hire a trainer and do their own group class. Um, obviously, there's all types of food options um, that people can take part in veterinarian options there's mobile clinics um although we don't really love those so much because you don't get but there's yeah there's definite options so and also one thing that people really never take advantage of dr fleck is coupons absolutely and special offers and that goes for both ends that goes for the pet owner as well as veterinary practice passing out those additional savings so jill when you're evaluating the best and worst cities for pet lovers, what are the top five indicators? Well, I mean, you can own a pet in a city, you can own a, a pet in the countryside, but I would say, and I'm interested if you guys agree with this, is that access to nature and green spaces certainly is helpful, you know, and this depends on the size of your pet and what kind of pet it is. Uh, but I would say, you know, for, you know, especially if you're talking about dogs, that I think is really something that you have to think about, especially when you're thinking about the size and then, you know, affordable pet friendly housing. Again, I think going back to the size of your pet, the size of where you're living, I always feel bad for big dogs cramped in, you know, like a New York city apartment or something. And then things like animal welfare officers that are around, you know, how pet friendly it is to take your dogs into stores, to restaurants, outside in general. And I think a lot of those things also have changed over the past year. You know, I think it's um, the pandemic has made us realize also that we can live anywhere and we can work uh, anywhere from home. So that's why so many people, we see people moving, the cost of real estate going up. So talk to our listeners about the most uh, pet friendly and the least pet friendly cities in the U.S. So in evaluating these pet friendly cities, we not only looked at pet budgets, how much are pets, uh, those types of things, but also pet health and wellness. So how many vets are there per capita, uh, outdoor pet friendliness, how many dog parks are there, things like that. So 23 different metrics, pet care provider rates per visit, pet businesses per capita to walkability. So that being said, the top five places for pet friendly cities this year, uh, number five is Birmingham, Alabama. Four is Las Vegas. 
three is Orlando, two is Tampa, and number one, which has been number one before, is Scottsdale. Interesting. At least two Florida cities are in there, Dr. Fleck, Orlando and Tampa. That's our area. That's our area. So veterinarians like myself are busier than ever. Talk to us about why it's so important to know what city has the highest and lowest veterinary costs and who has the most vets in a city. So this was put together really for the pet owner's perspective. So I think for them to know where the lowest veterinary care costs, especially if you're adopting an elder pet or something like that, that's really good to know if you know that you're going to be there, you know, maybe more often. Right now, the lowest veterinary care costs are in Lincoln, Nebraska, in Corpus Christi, Texas, in Columbus, Ohio, in Birmingham, Alabama. On the flip side, New York City, Washington, D.C., Honolulu has some of the highest veterinary care costs. And that goes hand in hand with how many vets there are. Usually, the more vets there are per capita, the more you're going to drive down that cost, more competition, things like that. So that's also good to know. And right now, the most vets per capita are in bigger cities like Miami and Vegas or Tampa, Cincinnati, Orlando, more mid-sized cities. Look at that. Another Tampa. Okay, last question. What measures can local authorities take in order to make their cities more pet friendly? Well, again, I think a lot of this has to do with businesses and what businesses are allowed to do in terms of letting pets in. Same goes with uh, restaurants and things like that. But we're really seeing that, including public parks, well-designed dog parks, those things are really important too. And I think becoming more and more popular. And that's what local authorities probably have the most say in since they're still public spaces. So that I would say is what most cities want to be working towards. Great. Well, Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Anytime. Well, everyone, that was Jill Gonzalez, an analyst from WalletHub, talking about a recent pet analysis of the top 100 cities in America. The WalletHub website is WalletHub.com. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Hey, but before we end the show, I just want to hear about something good. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something good. And please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Okay, so I found this story coming out of California about one of my favorite places. And that's why I'm so excited to share it with you. Okay, so two mismatched characters. One dog was named Freddie. He's an eight-year-old Shih Tzu and Mercury, and he's black. And Mercury was a little white dog, right? Who is three-year-old poodle mix. And believe it or not, both dogs were found inland in California in 110 degree weather. Can you Hmm. believe it? Okay, so they were picked up together. They were transported. And they were sent to Helen Woodward, where my friend Mike Arms runs that place. He's one of my great friends and he's a great mentor to me. Well, it didn't take long for the staff to realize the dogs could not be separated. They were a total bonded pair. Nobody knows how they ended up together, where they met, but they always have to be together. The dogs refused to leave the other side. This boiled down to when they had to perform health checks. 
the dogs had to do it in front of each other. So while Mercury was getting uh, worked on, right, mm-hmm. Freddie had to be there and vice versa, or they would just couldn't they couldn't bear to leave each other's sights. By the way, I have to reinforce that. I have many pets, people that come in with with multiple pets. They have to be in the same room together. Right. Or they're not. We can't do a physical exam. Well, when they did the exam, it said that Freddie and Mercury, they were they suffer from malnutrition, dehydration and exhaustion, and they had to be neutered. And of course, vaccinations. But what I loved is Helen Woodward sent out a statement about the two dogs. They said that they wanted to help them find forever homes, but they were a bonded pair and they had to be together. And the dogs, they even though they were abandoned, they were stuck together on the road. They love to walk They're They love to play. So they asked for any animal lovers who feel like they might be an excellent third wheel for Freddie and 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 uh, Mercury. They should visit animalcenter.org. And, you know, Helen Woodward is considered the shelter of the future or 858-756-4117 to learn more about adopting this duo. This is BFF forever. Best friends forever. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think that there'll be a number of requests. Oh, I'm sure. And they're so look at them. Look how cute they are. I know. I know. Well, it's always too soon to wrap the show. Before uh, we go, it's wrapping. Before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're talking with three petropreneurs about creating products to help pets and their people. And Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter and Jill Gonzalez from WalletHub.com. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals.